Welcome to St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Saratoga Springs, New York, where we are gathered by God to share the love of Jesus. Today we celebrate Epiphany and remember the wise men that visited Jesus as a young child. Here is this week's message from Pastor Adam Wiegand. Grace, mercy, peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Just a few days ago, Christmas Day, we came across my favorite gospel. This is from the Gospel according to St. John, the first chapter. This is the, called the prologue of John. It's the highest poetry. It is the most beautiful theology. And it goes like this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It's an incredible way of saying what happened on Christmas, that what was eternal all of a sudden became temporal, that was limitless became limited, that what was immortal became mortal, and that word became flesh and dwelt among us, John said, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Right in the heart of that passage from John chapter 1, we hear these words. The true light was coming into the world. Jesus is described as the true light, not a true light, not one of the true lights, but the true light. This is one of the things that we don't often focus on when we gather for worship, but the exclusive, powerful claim of Jesus to be the only true God. John's whole gospel stretches out beyond that, and Jesus makes these statements that start with, I am. I am the good shepherd. I am the bread of life. I am the resurrection and the life. And when he says these words, I am, those of us who haven't had the privilege of studying Hebrew miss the beautiful claim that Jesus is making. When you go to the first testament, the first two-thirds, three-quarters of the Bible that prepared us for the coming of Jesus the Messiah, what was the name that God's people was revealed to them through Moses that they should call on him. What was the name of God? It was I am. And if you were studying Hebrew, it's Yahweh. When he was speaking to the people and he said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus was speaking Aramaic which is just a distant cousin of Hebrew. And it would have come across not like we hear it in English. He would have been saying Yahweh, and then later on saying me. Jesus is Yahweh. Jesus is the one true only source of everything God. And he is the truth. And John also calls him the light. If we understand anything, it's because Jesus 
gives us that understanding. Whether you trust in him as Savior or not, all knowledge, all wisdom, everything is imparted to us through him. If there are things that we don't understand, that we can't fathom that mystery, it's because it's still hidden with Christ in God. and He hasn't revealed it to us just yet. All knowledge, all wisdom, everything that we know, everything that illuminates us, illuminates the world around us, is from God. If we didn't understand it, it's because he's held it from us. But not everyone sees him as the light. And even if they do, not everyone sees him as their light. But that's what the prophet Isaiah is telling us is our reason for rejoicing. What does he say? Chapter 60, he says, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. It's not just a general shining and revealing of incredible things. It's a directed delivery that to you, by name, individually, the light of God is shined. And he's not just shining on you. He's shining for you. And by the gift of holy baptism and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, he's also shining in you. This is the movement that we are, have been looking at and, and watching from Scripture from the beginning. In the very beginning, back in Genesis, not John, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And what's the first thing he said? Let there be and well, <laughs> there it was. Every kind and every form of light was invented and created by God in that very moment. Let there be light. And it shone. And it shone for everyone and everything everywhere. Even the darkness at that point in time was not dark and fearful because it was the way God shined his pattern on other people on this planet. And we had nothing to fear. But that light, as brightly as it shines, doesn't do us a hill of beans worth of good unless it's our light. Unless it's ours. Unless... Christ the light is our light. That's the cause and the reason for any kind of rejoicing that lasts. We might have momentary happiness. We might have all kinds of things that give us satisfaction in this life. But we know that this life is not all that there is. There is more to this world than we are able to see. We know it by faith. We're pressing on towards it. But that light, which shone at the beginning, is still shining now, emanating from the throne of God, where it says in that last book of the Bible that we need no light, nor lamp, nor sun, because Christ will be our all. This is what we're pressing forward to, and it's into that long stretch of all of history, from the beginning 
through Christ, the light who came into the world, all the way to the very end, to the light that we are going to see beyond this world, that the Magi come. Strangers to God's covenant. Strangers to the land of Israel. Strangers to Jesus. Strangers to Mary and Joseph. I guess they didn't have to worry so much about stranger danger in those days. There to Bethlehem. I'd like for a moment to just think about that light that that guided them to Jesus. It says that there was a star that arose in the east. And it went westward. I think about Google Maps in this way. You use Google Maps. It's a wonderful tool. You go all the way out to its widest view. That's kind of the view that we have to have of how the Magi first saw the star. It was, it was giant. The scale was huge. They were traveling across the Fertile Crescent, going from what is Central Asia over to Western Asia. And so they needed a star that was high in the sky that was going to show them the way to go across these long and vast distances. But then as they got into that land of Israel and Judea, the scale kind of zoomed in a bit. They hit the plus down at the bottom, and it led them down to the places where they would find leaders, like Herod. And there they interacted with him and asked him the questions to clarify their mission on which they were on. And they went and said, where is he who's been born king of the Jews? Well, who was king of the Jews at that point in time? Herod. And he said, I don't remember any king being born in my house. And anybody that had pretended to be or was the heir apparent to his king, Herod killed. He was a bloodthirsty, horrible dictator of a king to the point where even the Roman Empire emperor said that it was better to be Herod's pig than it would be to be Herod's son. So Herod killed wives and children And he had the same intention for the next pretender to his throne. And he said, when you find this child, after consulting with his temple court, he said, when you find the child, come back and tell me so that I too may go and slaughter, I mean, worship him. And so they went on their way. But now we have to Google map, zoom in a little bit further, because the star that had led them all the way from the east was now leading them the little mile, couple mile journey from Jerusalem out to its suburb, Bethlehem. And there, the star didn't just lead them to the general area. It literally came to rest over the very house where the child was. I don't know how God limited that star down to that size, because what I know about stars is that they're pretty darn huge. And they get down to this house in Bethlehem, and they come and knock on the door and they say, king of the Jews at home. (laughs) And there he was. They saw the child, Mary, his mother, and they fell down and they worshiped him. And they opened their treasures and they gave him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh, gifts that were fitting for him. The light of God does for us exactly what it needs to do to guide us to Jesus. Sometimes people need a zoomed out Something that's going to answer the huge questions of life. The why are we here? What's our purpose? What's our destiny? This is incredible size. This is the star leading people from the east over to the west. And other times, 
They need a light that's going to guide them day by day. Lord Jesus, what am I going to do with this sin? Lord Jesus, how am I going to rebuild hope? Lord Jesus, where am I going to find you in my family? How can I train up my children in the way they should go? And the light of Christ still shines for them. It answers both scopes. Both scales are the light of Christ. But it's our connection to it and our following of it that takes it from being the light to being your light. When you come to realize that the light of Christ came into the world in order to be snuffed out, we heat our home with wood primarily, and all of my family have become something of fire experts. They know how to build and maintain and clean up after a fire. They know how to move firewood, all those types of wonderful things. But the one thing that I had a chance to meditate on as I was trying to keep a fire going this week, and I had cleaned up a whole bunch of the dirt and bark and stuff that had fallen on the floor from moving firewood in, put it into the dustpan, and a small fire that was there in the firebox, I took all this stuff and I threw it in. And instead of burning right away because it was fuel, what do you think it did? It actually smothered the fire. This darkness that is out there in the world is no longer just the other side of God's light as it was in the beginning. Darkness is its own difficult and dangerous thing. Kind of like that fuel that I thought was for the fire, which ended up hurting the fire. Sin and doubt and distraction and devotion to things other than following the light snuff out the light of Christ within our lives. Enough of it and we can actually put him out in our lives. Not that the light will stop shining, because Christ is the true light, but we can become disconnected from it. I've heard this story. I have no idea if it's really about the fellow that uh, is here, but uh, we've heard that the great industrialist, Andrew Carnegie, was in his New York City mansion and apartments, and his pastor, Harry Emerson Fosdick, paid him a visit. It seems that Carnegie had not been in church for a long time. And so what he did is he, after being invited into his parlor, he and Carnegie sat down in big chairs in front of the fireplace and said nothing. But the pastor went over and grabbed the tongs and reached into the fire and took out a coal. They put it on the hearth, put the tool away, and sat back down. And both men watched as the ember went from glowing red to glowing kind of orange to glowing not at all to black and smoke. And Carnegie looked over at the pastor and he said, I'll be in church next Sunday. Get the sermon, 
that as we are disconnected from the source of that light, eventually the light goes out. But you know what? You can take the old smoking charcoal of a person, even someone that's a stranger to Jesus, and get them in connection with the fire again. And what will happen? It'll go. And the light will shine. Our call in life, whether we are close into Jesus, as close as his mother and father, there they were in the house in Bethlehem, or somebody as far away as the Magi, is to be led by the light to embrace him who is the light. So he becomes our light. And when that happens, incredible things happen. Sins are forgiven. Hope is reborn. Peace prevails. And we have a future that is full of light, absent of darkness. And the one who once was overcome by the darkness of our sins will shine in our hearts. And so what is our proper response? When we know that God in Christ has done this for us, what are we called to do? We are called to arise, like the song says, like the scripture says, to arise and shine. Why? Because your light has come. Your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And God has an incredible destiny for those who are children of light to join him in the light of his eternal kingdom. So since that has happened, let's follow the words of Scripture. Let's devote ourselves to following the light so that who he is and what he has done will be reflected in us and the world around us will take notice and also come to the brightness of his rising. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please rise. Now may the light of God, which shines in the darkness, keep your hearts and minds rejoicing in him who has shone his light upon you. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church, please visit spalutheran.org. God's blessings to you. Go in peace and serve the Lord.